one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, in the darkness bind them. This is Everyday Nerds, guys, and today we will be talking about the greatest trilogy ever made. Glory to the- oh shit, no, that's the wrong episode, my bad. Wrong fucking franchise. Wrong episode, too, because that's anime, we're talk not talking- Anyway, <laughs> we are talking Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. You're going to finish that full fucking title. Or I'm going to plant my foot in your ass. Yep, we're talking Fellowship. Fellowship of the Ring. You're going to say it right. You're going to say it right, right fucking now. I'm going to plant my foot so far in your ass. I can see it through your throat. Anyways, guys. You're right. Anyway, because, you know, this asshole. So... On the anime Shogun, the co-host that you're hearing that can't even say the fucking title right is... I am Global Outcast, the one and only, the beautiful... And an asshole. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> fucking get bent. Alright, so, first things first, how far did you make? Did you finish the full uh, the full movie? I finished the entire movie yesterday before I passed out, yes. Alright, you said you watched which one, the extended version or no? Yes, the extended version. Okay, because I'm going to be bringing up points from the books, too, that didn't make it to the movie. I've read the books. Well, technically listen to them on audiobook, the unabridged versions, yes. Okay, Fuck yeah, there, there are some things. I, I lost the first book, so I kind of brought up, or I pulled up essentially, like, the bullet points I'm going to be covering. Yeah. So, that being said, what was the first thing that caught your eye in the first, in the movie? Not the books right now, the movie. The movie? Like, give me one moment that's probably, like, your 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 hallmark moment. Your, your, the one moment to rule them all. No, I'm just kidding. But the one moment that kind of set everything in, in motion for you. Or, or was, like, the number one moment when in the, the dude, movie for you. After the dude tries to take the ring from Frodo... Boromir? Yeah, thank you. I can't remember his name. Boromir. When Boromir tried to take the ring from Frodo, and you realize what he did, and then he sacrifices himself and tries to defeat them. And he Give goes me like the ring. Fucking champ. And he goes out like a fucking champ. And then Aragorn takes one of his arm guards and wears it throughout the rest of the movie. Rest of the movie. Yeah, those are those are called bracers. He basically wears both of the uh, Gondor bracers. Yep. Just goes out like he went. Boromir went out like a fucking champ. I believe four or five arrows is what essentially it took to kill him. Yeah, he went out like a fucking champ. Also, fun fact: the guy who played Bor uh, Boromir was so afraid of uh, heights and helicopters that where instead of taking the helicopter up to the Sean location, Bean, that's the that's the actor who plays Boromir, Sean yeah. Bean. Yeah, he walked. He trailed his happy ass. All the way up from the base of the mountain to the location. Because he did not want to ride in a helicopter to get there. He was afraid of heights. Right. I believe he also has it in his contract where he always dies. Any character he plays, I think, dies within the first movie or the first set of whatever franchise he's in. Because know. he died. He was the first one essentially killed in Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones... He died. died in, like, the first season. Died at the end of the first season, yep. 
So I wonder if it's in his contract to literally be killed off at the beginning of, like, some sort of franchise. Either that or they just love fucking with him. I don't know. But, so, um, okay. So for me, I think it's the moment I like is actually shortly after that scene. Okay. And it's when Frodo is up at, like, some sort of, like, ruin. Mm-hmm. And Aragorn shows up and he's like, where is the ring? And Frodo's all freaked out. And Aragorn just looks down, sees his sword, Sting, of course, mm-hmm. turn blue. And he's like, run, Frodo, run. I cannot go with you, but run. Yep. He just walks out with the broadsword like a bat. And he just, he swings it up to his face and just kind of holds it there. And he just, that that like slow motion of him bringing the sword up to his face and then he's walking and he is just cutting down Urukai after Urukai after Urukai. Yep. But now we're like midway in the movie. First thing I want to bring up for uh, anybody who's big with the books key note to keep in mind is hobbits love birthday parties. That they do. And I believe it's with the hobbits that the there there is an importance of mushrooms, which is noted. Yeah. Yeah, it is noted with uh, fucking Pippin and uh, Pippin. Right. Mary now, Pippin. I'm gonna bring up one of your. I, I think he's your favorite character. I'm gonna bring up something that I don't think was actually made it to the movie. What's that? Tom Bombadil. Yep, by far one of my favorite characters. Tom Bombadil. I wish they would have made it. He, they put him in the movie. Cause in the hey, books, you shut the fuck up long enough for me to get to the fucking point here? Eat me. So, here's some things that, for people who watch the movies but didn't read the books, that they don't know is Tom Bombadil loves to sing. Yeah. He's also uh, one of J.R.R. Tolkien's, one of his first characters he created. Right. He also isn't tempted by the ring. Nope. Not a lot of people know that. He's not a, He's not tempted by the ring. He helps the Hobbit several times. And rumor was, and this was just a rumor at one point, the man in the movie in the extended version who's holding up the lantern mm-hmm. was originally rumored to be Tom Bombadil. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I like Tom Bombadil. Because in the books, you see, uh, it says he puts on the ring and it does not affect him whatsoever. And he's all like, yeah, that's a nice ring. Here you go. Yeah, he's... I wish he would have gotten some screen time because he is a bit of an OP character. He is. like J.R.R. Tolkien never once told anyone who or what Tom Bombadil actually was. He left him a mystery. Yeah. The only way you actually read much or any know anything about him much is, um, and I'm sure you may have heard about it in the audiobooks, but he was mentioned in the movie, not in the movies, in the books. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have gotten my hand on the first. I think I have the first book and the third book. I think it's the second book I don't have. Yeah. I'll have to look. Either Anyway, so, and the other thing to note, too, that I found interesting with the Hobbits is they love to sing. Yeah. Because Sam sings about trolls. Mm-hmm. 
Bilbo sings for like three over three pages in the book. Yeah. God, dude. There are a bunch of times in that book that's a dry read, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, here's an interesting fact for you. Who, you remember in the movie, who picked up Frodo? At which right? Part? The elf. Yep, I remember her. You're, you, know, you know, in the book, originally, it, it wasn't her. Okay. In the book, it's Glorfindel. Okay. Who I believe, and I don't quote me on this because I'm not 100%. I'd have to reread the book. I don't know if, if so in the movie, I think at the end of the third movie, he's the one in white robes that's standing next to Elrond. I think. I'm okay. not 100% because I'd have to like reread the book and then rewatch the movie and then kind of do that comparison. Okay. Yeah, I and go ahead. Oh, I was just to say, I understand they had to do so, change some things in the movie, and they didn't change a lot from the books to the movies because they respected it. They respected the right. franchise. But go on. So that's that's there's that. Um, trying to think of another good point to bring up that I thought was actually pretty good um i mean i'm already happy i'm surprised that they stuck or they had arwen show up in the movie and they didn't stick with glorfindel yeah they probably and i'm sure i probably like butchered how they said his name but i'm gonna say glorfindel because that's literally how it looks to me yeah they they had probably had some reason they wanted to do it I will say this, I did like how they introduced Lothlorien. Who's that one again? Lothlorien is the forest. Okay. That's the forest where Galadriel lives. Oh yeah, that lady. Because there's there's two major elf forests. Mirkwood, which was called something else originally, I don't remember, I'd have to we'd have to go back to the Hobbit series. Yeah. Go check out the haven't. Uh, the Lothlorien is where Galadriel is. Because, well, there's technically, I guess, three. Because you could count uh, Rivendell as like a forest. But it's not really a forest. It's more of like a, a I want to say, mountainside kind of area. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's another key point to kind of bring in that I don't think people realized. When they're in, I think it was in Lothlorien... I don't remember from the movie. You watched this, but... And you could probably confirm this or not. But in the book, Aragorn actually sees his ancestors carved from the stones. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because, and I can't... I'd have to go far back into the book to reread that. But in the book, for some weird reason, unless one of my listeners... Uh... One of my listeners probably knows what I'm about to reference, but for some weird reason, the elves actually had some sort of, like, truce or, or treaty or some sort of ties with the Numenorians, which is the uh, descendant race that Aragorn's from. I think it's a truce. If I remember correctly, I think it was a truce. 
Yeah, see, I'd have to go because I don't believe in the movie they covered that. I don't think so either. I don't think I heard anything about it. Now, with my key points essentially kind of being done that I've covered from the book. I mean, there are some other things, but they are in the movie, so I'm kind of staying done with that. Mm-hmm. That being said, there are other things that I did enjoy from the movie that I believe also were in the book, or, you know, vice versa, if you want to get super technical about it. Yeah. The first one is when they try to make their way to Moria. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And they're literally walking through a, I don't want to say a canyon or a crevice, but they're literally going through, I think, a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. While there's lightning, and you hear chanting in the background, which is Saruman. Yeah. And you hear, and literally Gandalf and Saruman are having, like, a chanting battle. It's... That, I thought, was pretty dope. But when they got to the actual door of Moria, and they're trying to figure it out, and... Frodo's like, what's the elvish word for friend? And you just hear Gandalf say Melon. Yep. And the door opens. Uh, then the giant uh... I, th- I don't remember what they called it, but it's like a Kraken beast that's the guardian of the gate. He was like a squid creature, yeah. I, yeah, that's why I said Kraken, because he's kind of like a, an octopus-like creature. Yeah. And I don't remember if they called him a Kraken or not. But he is the guardian of the Gate to Moria, which, funnily, funny enough, is actually the home to the Lord Balin. Okay. Who is, I believe, Gimli's cousin. Yeah. I remember correctly. Because they're all sons of uh, Durin. Yeah. Which is, I think, the one dwarf. If I remember correctly. Like, not like that one guy, but I believe he was, like, the first dwarf. Yeah, if I remember, and they were all like literally the sons of him. Yeah, if I remember correctly, in the Hobbit movie, he was the young pup. Yeah, he's the one that had the uh, book, I believe. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he was not the pup. Balin was not the young, the young one with the like the book and everything. That wasn't Balin. Balin was the elderly one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Balin was the one that told Frodo, or not Frodo, but uh, Bilbo, you need to leave. You need to go. He was like the one elderly gentleman that was in the group. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the young pup was, the one with the book was Gimli's, Gimli's cousin. Well, they're all related to Gimli. Like, he's he's... His father was Gloin, who was in the same party as Balin. So yeah. I think they all kind of swore brotherhood, which made Balin uh, Gimli's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Uh, Go for it. What's your favorite line in the first one? Because I already know mine. Oh, let's hear yours then. My Make line, sure we're not going to say the same one, you fuck. My favorite line is when they're walking through the forest to meet Gadri- uh, Gladriel. And Gladriel. Gimli's all like, 
dwarves uh, uh, dwar uh, I have I have great hearing and great eyesight and all of a sudden you see an air you see a bow and arrow just stick right in Gimli's face I love that line oh he looks oh shit I have two things that are kind of like I don't necessarily have one, but I do have, like, two that I'll mention right now. Because the first one I liked was, again, when Frodo was at the ruin. Yep. And Aragorn's like, and it was towards the end of the movie, but Aragorn's like, I cannot go with you. Yeah. And he sees the story, he's literally yelling at Frodo to run. And he walks, and then he makes his little chant to Isildur. Like, I love it when he does his kind of Isildur's air kind of chant. And I love when he shouts out Alendil, because it's like a war cry. Yeah. But th those are good ones, and those that, that's by far, like, my number one moment in the end of the movie. But two of mine from, uh, from the movie. The first one is from Gandalf. Well, both of them are from Gandalf. The first one is... We must face the long dark of Moria. Be on your guard. There are older and fouler things than orcs in the deep places of the world. Yep. And that being reference to the Balrog. Bel Bel <sighs> Get you hard just thinking about him. And <laughs> uh, then, uh, what was it? I gotta look it up because it's the scene when they finally meet Balin. Uh, when they're at Balin's tomb. Okay. Well, while you're looking it up, my second favorite line is in the beginning of the movie when Gandalf looks at Frodo and he goes, A wizard is neither late nor is early. He arrives precisely when he means to. The very beginning. Yep, I got it pulled up right now. So he gives his hat his staff to Pippin, and this is around the time when uh, Pippin knocks over the skeleton that brings them all in. Yep. And I like Gimli's actual dwarven chant, or his, his chanting uh, about Balin, because he believed Balin was alive still, and Balin was killed by the goblins of Moria. And at that point, Legolas looks at Aragorn. He's like, we must move on. We cannot linger. Because he knows what's going to happen. He knows they've basically been watching them from the start. But then when Gandalf starts reading, they have taken the bridge and the second hall. We have barred the gates, but cannot hold them for long. The ground shakes. Drums. Drums in the deep. Oh, yeah, that's right. Get out. A shadow moves in the dark. We cannot get out. And then there's just a little bit of a pause. They are coming. Oh, yeah, that's right. That one. Yeah, it's literally the start of the scene to the Bell Rock because, yep. it, you know, that part, I like it how, how he's reading it and it's just got such a immense kind of darkness to it you know yeah i'm sure our viewers are gonna be like damn this anime shoguns guy is a pretty dark fucking dude you're damn right but nonetheless i like how if you listen carefully you can kind of feel or you can kind of like 
Yeah, if you listen closely, you can kind of feel that suspense as Gandalf starts reading. And I believe it's... Uh, I don't remember correctly if that was uh, Balin's book. Or if it was a different book. Yeah. But as he's reading it, and he's literally reading their entry of, we have barred the gates and we cannot hold them from the ground shakes, meaning that the goblins have somehow managed to summon the Balrog. Yeah. I thought it was just epic and awesome, even though it's actually just a troll. Yeah. That fight, but you, that, you, that, that entire fight scene with that troll was amazing, too. Well, yeah, just this, the the immense, like, suspense behind Gandalf reading. And then Pippin just kills the moment by turning around and knocking the skeleton down. But then you hear the goblins' weird little sounds. And you hear the drums in the deep again, like Gandalf read in the book. No, yeah. Drums. Drums in the deep. And you hear those same drums in the deep as he had read it. And then they show up, and I believe Boromir was there, too. And he's like, they have a cave troll. Because they thought Frodo had been killed because a cave troll used a spear, I believe it was either a spear or a halberd, to kill him. Yep, and he had that mithril armor on. And he was wearing mithril that he had gotten from Bilbo, who had who. If I remember from the Hobbit series, he had been giving that as a gift from one of Thranduil's party members. And I don't remember if it was, I believe it might have been Balin that actually gave Bilbo the Mithril. And then in the movie, Bilbo gives it to Frodo. Yeah. Because if you remember from the Hobbit, Gandalf had Galamdriel, mm -hmm. which is his sword... And the one sword you don't see in the Lord of the Rings series mm -hmm. is the Goblin Slayer sword. Oh yeah, that's right. It's not mentioned, I believe it's mentioned in the book, but not in the movie, that Gandalf's sword is called Galamdriel. Yeah. But the uh, Goblin Cleaver, I think it was actually was what it was called, not the Goblin Slayer, but the Goblin Cleaver. Yeah is essentially kind of, like, not mentioned at all. But Sting and Galamdriel were the ones that made it to the Lord of the Rings series. Okay. I don't know whatever happened from the Goblin Cleaver. Honestly, I don't either. I really don't. Another key moment I think I like is when... And this we didn't bring up. I'm bringing it up right now, so get over it. Is when Gandalf finds out that Frodo has the ring. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he shows up and he throws literally the envelope with the ring in the fire. He's like, Frodo, stick out your hand. And he's like, it's quite cool to the touch. And Frodo's, you know, inspecting. He's like, there's some weird markings. And Gandalf's like, I will not utter those words here. Yeah. And the fact that, like, throughout the first one, I believe it's from from when they're in the Shire at Frodo's home, or it's when they're at the Council in Rivendell, Gandalf uses the black speech. Yep. 
and just the immense power you feel from that. Oh my god! I wish we got. I would have. I kind of wish they would have went a little bit more in depth and a little bit more uh, lore and went more into it with with the wizards and the words of power. Yeah, because cool. Galadriel, I believe, used a bit of word of power when she essentially took her dark form when Frodo presented the ring. Yeah. I don't know if it's exactly word of power, but that's kind of like what she did. When she went into her dark form, she literally, I think, was like kind of using like a black speech or a dark tone, which is a form of the uh, words of power. Yeah. Also, fun fact for all the movie listeners that didn't read the books: in the books, it it he Frodo didn't take off like a bat out of hell almost right away. It took them almost a year to take off and start their journey from the Shire. Right. Fun little fact for those only movie only watchers and that that didn't. I'm I'm doing it so. Yeah, it's. It was definitely like. Go on. And then there, the other thing I do want to laugh at is their love of the pipe weed. <laughs> yeah. And how even Saruman, before he became Dark Saruman, before he became Saruman the White, even though he was already. Saruman the White, but before he kind of went all that far, yep. It's funny how he's like your 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 love for the the halfling's weed has clouded your mind. Yeah, I love Merry and Pippin. They're two of my favorite characters in the first one. Well, you know what's really funny, right? What's that? Paragon, uh, Paragon Took and Mariotic Brandybuck. Yep. Merry and Pippin. Yep. Are actually, I believe, distant cousins to, because you don't really hear much of it re mentioned in the movie. But believe it or not, Mary and Pippin are actually, and you do hear, I believe it's Mary who makes the no. It's Pippin. Pippin makes mentions it in Bree mm -hmm. that they are related to Frodo. Yeah, they all are pretty much. If I remember correctly, in the books. except for Samwise, because Samwise Gamgee is, I believe, from a different family tree. But even without reading the books, if you pay attention in the Fellowship and if you pay attention in the very beginning of the Hobbit, Peregrine Took and Mariotic Brandybuck, both those last names are from Bilbo's family tree too. Yeah. Because I believe he was, like, I don't want to say half Took, half Brandybuck, but basically he has Took and Brandybuck uh, blood running through him. Yeah, I really don't pay attention much to the Hobbit's family trees, because all that shit gets very confusing. It does get confusing, but it is something that, like, if you've watched it as many times as I've watched it, you just, you, you just tend to kind of, that sits in the back of your mind as a fun little fact. The other fun fact to actually know is, um, believe it or not, and I have to pull up his name because it's escaping me. Okay. Well, but, what? that's right. What's that? So, 
they don't really mention it. But did you know, and this is a fun little fact here, as we've got a little bit of time left, mm -hmm. that you remember when Frodo got stabbed by the Morgul knife? I remember that, yep. And you remember how that was by a Ringwraith, right? Mm -hmm. Or a Nazgul? Mm -hmm. Did you actually know that that wasn't just your average Nazgul? Who was it? That was the Witch King of Agmar. Huh. The Lord of the Nazgul. Huh. I think I remember hearing you talk about that one time. Yes, because it's the one thing that's not exactly mentioned, but I love knowing that. Because you've got the nine. Yep. Then you've got essentially, like, I believe it's the one of nine who is the lord of them. Yep. Who's kind of like their head guy. Mm -hmm. That is the Witch King of Agmar. Yep. So in reality, there's like eight ring lords, or ring race, and then there is the one lord of them who's like, I want to say he's like a second or third hand mm -hmm. to Sar Sauron. Yeah. Because there's not an actual, he's not the second hand because the, in the extended version and we'll bring this up in the third one you actually find out um, Sauron's second hand. Okay. And if I remember correctly and this might have been from one of the games or from somebody I was talking to about this Sauron has essentially like a right and left hand general. Yeah. The first one is called the Mouth of Sauron, which we will get into in our third episode. Mm -hmm. And I believe there is an actual character called the Hand of Sauron. And if I remember correctly, I don't remember if he was just known as the Hand of Sauron or the Black Hand of Sauron. Okay. I do not remember. Okay. And another little fun fact as we get ready to end this. Isildur is actually, if you play one of the games, you'll find out Isildur is actually one of the nine. Hmm. I did not know now, that. If that's, if that's not, so I don't know if it's been confirmed by the books, and you don't know that in the movies because you just hear that there were nine rings for men. Well, you know, as the nine rings for men essentially are the nine Nazgul. And if you remember in the beginning, you see Isildur gets killed, and they say it was because he was betrayed by the ring. But, I believe, and this is from the game, and the game actually does have some lore to tie into the movies, I believe Isildur became one of the nine. Okay. Because if, you're play, if you ever play uh, Shadow of Mordor, and I believe it's War of Mordor, you get more of a backstory and a little bit more lore into the Lord of the Rings franchise. Like, okay. you actually find out about the man who created all of the rings, but the one ring. Okay. And you kind of see that somebody, the, your main character, and spoiler for anybody who hasn't played the game, but in the end of the second game, you basically take off, because, uh... I don't remember his name, it starts with a B, but the main elf from the first game who created all the rings creates essentially another one ring to kind of rival Sauron's. Yep. And at some point, the the elf wraith that's kind of like possessing with you betrays you and goes with this elf chick to fight Sauron, which it leads to his dis his demise. Yep. As you are trying to stay alive to essentially get your revenge on Sauron, 
because he essentially killed your family and all that. Yep. You pick up Isildur's ring, and you've become you're literally your glowing yellow eyes, like you're becoming one of the ring race. So, fun little fact, if you ever get the chance, play Shadow of War at War of Mordor, and you'll kind of see more of the lore behind Lord of the Rings. And it'll kind of give you a little bit more in-depth explanations with some things. Okay. Fun fact before we leave this thing. Um, when I was reading the Similarian, it stated, well, I think it was a Similarian, it stated that the dwarves were too stubborn and pig-headed to get controlled by uh, Sauron. Say that again, because it sounded like you said Belrong. Uh, the dwarves were too stubborn and pig-headed to get controlled by Sauron. Yeah. I thought that was the funniest thing I ever heard when I found that out. Do you know that the dwarves were originally the ones that dig dug up the Belrog, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I and that's all the time we've got. So fuck this guy. We're leaving. Uh, yeah, that is our. Uh, th uh, that this has been Everyday Nerds. That has been our uh, Lord of the Rings expert here on Everyday Nerds. I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I would say I'm very. You've seen very it. Well in, in, I, I've seen it enough to know some of the small things that a lot of people don't tend to think of. You've seen it and seen it more than I have, so you're more of an expert than I am. Um, I'm yeah. Out, I'm Global Outcast. That is our uh, resident Lord of the Rings expert, the Anime Shogun. If you like our content, like, subscribe, follow, stalk us if you want. Um, and if you do have uh, any other things you would like us to bring up, especially in our second episode or our third episode, be sure to hit us up on any of our social platforms. Feel free to try to find us on Discord. Global will be able to send links on our social sites for everybody to be able to reach us. Yes. Let's know. Get a hold of us. Follow us on all our socials. Everybody's welcomed here. Again, this is Everyday Nerds. Now fucking hurry up and end this thing. And I am out!